Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor, and we are continuing our series, Stories of Jesus, looking at the parables this summer. And I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Avaroa. Jose, welcome. Good morning, Taylor. It's good to have you. And we're joined by pastor of spiritual formation, the one, the only, Bob Moss. Bob, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we had a exciting Sunday. I know I say that about every Sunday, but this was an exciting Sunday morning. Got to hear from two of our global missions partners that are uh, in an area that we don't want to disclose publicly for security matters because of the persecution that they face. But they gave a message. We turned off the live stream, but we still wanted to have this podcast here to unpack some of what they shared. And so I'm excited for the two of y'all to be there. I'd love to hear your thoughts first on the parable that we looked at again, we looked at the parable of the sower last week, and then we revisited it this week, but this time from a different perspective. So I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts as you heard our partner's message on Sunday, what stood out to you just from their perspective. Yeah, so they talked about how to be sowers of the word, not being the soil, which is important to start there. We'll, we'll, I think, talk more about that on this podcast, but their perspective is so unique because they're out there sowing the word where there are a lot of hard hearts and there are a lot of, there's a lot of rocky soil and there's a lot of thorns that choke out the seed, but there's also a lot of good soil. And so this, this idea that the gospel thrives in every place is so important for us to understand because we can be so narrow-minded and think that this is only true here in my context, in my culture, in my location. But the power that their stories held um, are really hard to, you know, talk about uh, because hearing directly from them or even replicate, hearing directly from them was just so incredible. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Bob, what would you add? Takeaways. Well, I was really impressed with the way they were sharing about the soil from the just one soil perspective, and that was the fourth soil, the good soil. But it went right along with what the Apostle Paul told Timothy. He says, the things that you have heard me teach among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful people who are able to teach others also. So Paul was telling Timothy, make sure you focus on good soil. Yeah, that's... And it was very similar to what... uh, our friend was saying. I'm, I'm getting excited, Bob, because for Father's Day, in this part we did have in the live stream, I, I quoted 2 Timothy 2.1, the verse before then, uh, which says, and uh, so then my uh, son, Timothy, yeah, it doesn't call him, but my dear son, um, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's verse one. And then he says, and entrust to reliable witnesses the things that you've heard me uh, saying. So, so, then verse three, Paul says, I don't have it in front of me, but he says something like, join with me in my suffering as yeah. a good soldier in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And that part, join with me in my suffering, was something that I, f- I felt on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. They, were, they, they had testimonies of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yes. Places that, are, that they live, that they walk into that are very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And to be able to join them you know, on, on this yes. journey of faith, what, what a privilege, what an honor to be on this end, supporting them and then ultimately receiving from what, from what you know, they had to share with us. Yeah, I, it, there's so many things that came about. Um, there was, there's somebody that is, uh, 
uh, I guess it's a granddaughter of one of our members who showed up in church Sunday morning and was there to hear that message, who works with North African, North African refugees. So oh, wow. I thought that was really cool because this, uh, yeah. this person's heart is really for mm. uh, the Muslim world. Yeah. Hearing the stories from her about uh, one of her neighbors and how that lady had had a vision mm -hmm. or a dream about Jesus. And Jesus came to her in a very real way. And she responded positively mm -hmm. to that. And then for the lady to be able to cultivate a relationship mm -hmm. with her. And that was good soil. Yeah. And we don't think about that, that kind of witnessing. But I, I, have, I don't think about praying and asking God to give somebody a dream. Yeah. And yet I'm hearing story after story after story about how God is speaking to Muslim people in the form of dreams and visions. Yeah, and that's happening here too, which is the other encouragement that I got. And Taylor, I'd love to hear your, your take on this as we do life here in the States and mm -hmm. Texas. There are fourth soil people all around us. <laughs> and so the very same ways that he approached, Amen. you know, her and her neighbor, and then he shared a couple of other stories as well. I mean, that's the same thing that we're called to. Our context yes. is completely different. It is a foreign context, but it is the same mission. And so our homework was to pray for people to have visions and dreams yeah. there and here, and then to actually ask mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and sow seeds and see, hey, who are these fourth soil people around me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me was just their uh, yearning and anticipation for conversations about Jesus because I was convicted because I think oftentimes, whether it's my people pleasing or just you know fear about my reputation or just a relationship I have with someone, that's usually not something that I wanna jump right into and kind of wanna ease into. And so for them to just have, have you could tell they pray diligently for these people yeah. and you can tell that they're just eagerly waiting for any chance they can get to talk about Jesus. And so again, to your point, Jose, that can be applied regardless of where you are in the world. But yeah, I think that that intentionality that they have where they filter every decision through a lens of how do we share the gospel uh, was, was definitely convicting and challenging. Let's talk a little bit more about that fourth soil people as we move again, Jose, like you mentioned, going from just talking about the soil on our end to being the sower and looking for fourth soil people. Just practically, again, not all of us are gonna get a, take a trip over to Northern Africa uh, sometime in the next year. So what does it look like just in our context? What does a fourth soil person look like just in the day-to-day -day lives that y'all have interacted with? Yeah, I think the first thing that we need to make sure we we do is we need to be fourth soil people. We need to remember that if we are in Christ, we were fourth soil people. We accepted the gospel message. We said yes to Jesus. We denied ourselves. We took up our cross and we said, I'm going to spend my days following Jesus. So that makes me a fourth soil person. And because of that fourth soil, then now I, the, the only natural response to the gospel is, is to share it, is, is to talk to others about the good news that saved your life, saved you from spending eternity in hell, completely away from the love and presence of the Father. And so 
that is a, I think that's the first step is either remembering or calling to mind that moment that you were that good soil and then continue to maintain that soil. And, and then you got to sow. <laughs> so that's what JD spoke so great uh, about two weeks ago was you got to sow on hard path. Don't withhold seed mm-hmm. from, uh, God doesn't withhold seed mm-hmm. from, from hard path. So, so go ahead and talk. So you got to share. Bob, I, I love when I've been with you and you've introduced yourself. Would you uh, share with us on the podcast how, how sometimes one say, hey, who, who are you? And, and you have a very cool way of sharing your story quickly with, with someone. Well, oftentimes I introduce myself as a recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. because that's what I am. That's that's how I came to faith in Christ. I was addicted to gambling, pornography, tobacco, but mostly alcohol. And it was ruining my marriage. Hmm. So by, by telling, people know that I'm a minister, but then when I let people know, that I'm a recovering alcoholic. That shocks a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> I've seen and, it. <laughs> and But I do it intentionally because I want them to know where I came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one of the churches to the uh, church in Asia, uh, the Spirit of God said, you know, one of the things they had against him was getting away from the first, the first love. love in Revelation. And my first love, I can remember when I fell in love with Jesus. Mm. I mean, Jesus found me, and it was through a man. My first response to him was anger because he told me I, I needed to know some things. And I had grown up in a church, even though I wasn't living for God. But I thought, who are you to be telling me that I need to do this or that and yeah. but mm-hmm. he's the one that had the words of life and eventually it changed Amen. but I think about the passage, I was just trying to pull it up for a second, but uh, where Apollos waters, Paul talks about just the process of the seed and how everyone plays different roles in this and God's ultimately the one that uh, allows the seed to grow. And so how do the two of you remember that in all of these conversations in context? Because uh, I think it can be hard if you encounter someone who's not for soil or maybe you you wish they were, but they aren't. And so how do you navigate that? It's just making sure that you remember that it's not in your hands you're not actually the one saving someone, but it's God. How do you just personally remind yourself of that when it comes to these hard conversations? You just mentioned an important piece, and that is that we just play a part. We we are a piece to the puzzle. We're we're not every piece. We're we're a piece. And so that's obedience. (laughs) We we just follow the, the Holy Spirit and what he's asking us to do. If that is a prayer, that's a prayer. If that's, you know, a, a word that comes to your mind about that person. Hey, I just have this sense that, you know, I wanted to share this with you. Do, do that. Bob, you share your story so quickly and effectively. Sometimes people just need to know, wow, I'm not the only one that, that struggles. Yeah. And so whatever that is, do, do that. And, and then watch God put the puzzle piece together. I can end up, you know, 
it stops me sometimes because I'm thinking, well, I'm just traveling or I'm at the airport or I'm somewhere. I don't have time to sit down with this person and, you know, exegetically teach them through the book of Romans. You know, I don't have time to explain all of the things and we, we don't, but we do have time to say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus and, and I believe that God hears my prayers. Can mm -hmm. I pray for you about something? Mm -hmm. And uh, so just that small piece is important. Uh, but would you add to that just as far as reminding yourself of the role that we play as people of God? Well, one of the things I think that we need to be aware of, and that is in the Matthew's explanation of the parable of the sower, uh, the good soil is the one who hears the word of God and understands it. Now, the first three soils, they didn't understand. But not understanding is not an obstacle if you're willing to ask questions. That's really good. So when we hear people who are inquiring, we need to leap on that mm. and jump all over that because if they're asking, they may not have the understanding at that time, but how do they get understanding? How do we get understanding? We, we have questions. to ask questions. <laughs> and, and being able to give people the answers, you know, not giving them something that they're not asking, but answering the questions that they're asking. Yeah, Bob, that's so good. That's exactly what in Mark, Jesus responds to. So mm -hmm. he's, uh, he's, he explains the parable because the disciples asked him a question when they were alone with him. I think it's verse 10, and when he was alone, Jesus, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, every, everything is in parables. So, you know, if you don't seek, we don't find. Right. If you don't ask questions, it's really hard to gain, gain yeah. understanding. That's good. I think one of the reasons why people, maybe it's just me, but uh, don't like to have a lot of these conversations is because we may get nervous about not having all the right answers. So Bob, you mentioned, you know, seek people that are looking for, or, or that have questions and are reaching out. But what about someone that's listening that's like, ah, that's scary. Like, I don't, I don't have all the answers. Oh, how do the two of you navigate? Because I think a lot of people, you know, may assume, oh, they're pastors, so they know all the answers. But even y'all two are, are very humble in the way that you approach this. So how do you navigate just people's questions that you may not know what to say or how to say it when it comes to these conversations? Well, for me, I was very fortunate that I, uh, I had navigator training. Mm -hmm. There's an organization called the Navigators. And in the Navy, uh, I had a number of years where I went through their training. And they teach you how to respond to uh, people who have questions, but also they teach you how to respond to people who are critical. And uh, so... It, it takes study. You, it doesn't happen. It, you, know, you have to, if, if you're going to be fourth soil, one of the things you're going to have to have is a hunger and thirst for righteousness. And part of that is a hunger for the Word of God. Uh, Job said, you know, I, I hungered for, I think it was Job said that he, he hungered for the Word of God more than his daily food. And that's, and so we don't have the answers, you know, especially when you go up against somebody 
like a college professor. You know, I'm that can, yeah. can yeah. dance circles around you. But if humility mm, there it is. is the key. There it is. That's right. It's the posture of our hearts. And we may not win man's argument, but God doesn't isn't looking for us to win the argument. Mm-hmm. He's, he's looking for a changed and transformed heart, and no one can argue against that. Right. And also, people can argue Scripture, but they can't argue with your personal testimony. Mm-hmm. And that you've got to have your your own personal experience of coming to faith in Christ, being able to tell people what what it's done for you, why it's made a difference in your life, mm. and uh, mm. being able to share stories from your own life about what God is doing, uh, it's, it's life-changing for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember early on, Part of my story is is just that I had the freedom to ask questions and to finally felt um, unashamed that I had doubts, serious doubts about the Bible, about the divinity of Jesus, about the exclusivity claims that Jesus is the only way, and approaching them with humility and truly saying, "What is what? If this is what it says, then if I diligently seek out the answer, I'm going to find it." And I wish I would have had a polished navigator type person, <laughs> but but the other part of that is I'm glad I didn't because it showed me how great it is when you just have somebody else. In my case, it was just another college student. We both mm-hmm. sought out the answers. The place that we were looking went looking for the answers, though, was the Bible. And so it was the Bible that then showed me those answers. It was the Holy Spirit of God through God's Word. And and that's that's what transformed my heart. So if you don't have the answers, go look for them in the Bible. It's right there. One of the verses that stuck out to me, it's in 2 Corinthians, talks about fixing our eyes not on what is seen, um, but but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, and Mm -hmm. for what is unseen is eternal. And I remember that being a, a huge paradigm shift for me. Mm. I don't have to understand. I don't have to see. If I'm going to live by faith, I'm going to trust on things that are unseen, sometimes even unexplainable. And uh, that brought me a lot of freedom and ultimately ended in me surrendering my life to Jesus. Mm. You know, something both of y'all are speaking to is just the value of relationships in this whole process. That this isn't just a transaction. This isn't some sort of uh, lesson. And then there's a a hearer or a student. It's like really a relationship. Uh, Our mission partner on Sunday mentioned this concept of backwards relational evangelism. Reverse. Reverse. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know (laughs) if he trademarked it or not, but uh, what is that for those that missed it? Love to hear y'all's explanation of that. And then how do we even just apply that? What does that look like for us? Yeah, it's really good. So, Relational evangelism is when you befriend someone and they may be in the hard soil or they may be in the rocky soil or uh, the soil with the thorns, Um, but you maintain that relationship and you just build relational equity so that you can share the gospel. And he said, reverse it, find good soil people. Start with the gospel openly. Hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, and uh, what do you think about God? If the, the other person has an interest, is asking questions, wants to understand further, now you build that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it's a both and. I don't think it's an either or, but I do think it's really great to understand the importance of looking for fourth soil people because bottom line in Luke 10 uh, and, and Matthew 9, Jesus says, the harvest 
is plentiful. Mm -hmm. It's the workers that are few. Mm -hmm. So he's counting on us. He wants to use us. He's not counting on us. He doesn't need us. He chooses mm -hmm. to use us, part of the mystery of God, to reach other people. One of the things Jesus said regarding working with people who are not yet believers, he's, and our objective is to help people come to faith in Christ. So Jesus said, if they receive you, they receive me. And if they receive me, they receive him who sent me. But it begins with people receiving you. Because when somebody receives your open invitation for friendship, we need to befriend them in a way that we hang in there with them. Yeah. Because if they're receiving us, they may not be receiving the gospel, but if we are living the gospel by sharing our faith in what God is doing in our lives, they're going to hear the gospel. And if they continue to receive us, eventually they're going to receive Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I remember learning something in college, just this idea that everyone has a response to Jesus. So at some point, some everyone's going to have to have a reaction to him. And so I think what's neat about the backwards, upside down, whatever you call reverse, it, uh, reverse relational, relational evangelism, evangelism, I think it's helpful for someone like me who would uh, maybe cowered away from some of these conversations about Jesus simply by saying, well, I'm still building up relational equity or oh, I still want to make sure they like me first and then I'll hit it with them. Them, but you know, six months go by or a year goes by and nothing's been said. So I think that to that point, that being upfront and vocal about things, it's that whole analogy, Jose, you've mentioned this before, where it's not just letting your actions uh, speak, but you gotta it's, use your words. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the value of, of the words. Would both of y'all add anything just as we wrap up from this message and just this uh, great conversation we've had? Yeah. The, the only thing I would say is I was talking to to Bob about this before you walked in, Taylor, is the joy that our ministry partners exuded. I mean, they are faced with extraordinary challenges. And here, here we are <laughs> receiving fr from them in such a powerful way as, um, as a church family here. And, and they just exuded the joy of the Lord. And so if you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I, I'm just not, you know, I don't know. I've never done this, but I've never talked uh, so openly about my faith before. Be encouraged because it is the most joy-filled journey that we can take. Amen. And the, the more we sow, the more we see God work. And, and there's nothing better than, than Amen. that. I, I was impressed with the way their, their t total dependence upon God. Yeah. They're in a situation where they have to have God work in their lives. And it, so prayer is huge for them. And uh, hearing them praying in the prayer room, the intensity mm. uh, when our missionary partners were praying with us. Yeah, before the gathering. Before the gathering, yeah. yeah and hearing hearing the earnestness and yes. uh, intensity, mm. it was very refreshing. Mm. I think it'd be fitting for us to just take a, a moment to lift them up and pray, pray for them. Amen. We uh, thank you, Lord, for the work that is happening here locally and also globally. And we pray for our ministry partners. We pray for more joy, more strength. And uh, Father, I pray that as a response of our time here, we would look for those fourth soil people that you have intentionally put all around us. May we be faithful to respond to your gospel 
and uh, freely give what we have freely received. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.